Welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix's 92nd film. It's the 2018 romantic comedy Set It Up. It's directed by Claire Scanlon, and it stars Zoe Deutsch, Glenn Powell, Tay Diggs, and Lucy Liu. I'm Jesse, and joined on the line with MJ. How you doing? I'm very well, Jesse. How are you? Good. I tried not to screw up Zoe's name. I've been practicing it um, all week. I could almost hear like a hint of laughter when you said it because like like you knew that I was listening for you to stuff it up again. I was waiting to see if there was going to be a giggle from your end to uh, be like, ah, you still stuffed it anyway. Uh, You nailed it. As far as I know, you nailed it. Yeah. Well, anyway, if it's it's wrong, please let us know. Um, I don't mind. (laughs) I'm used to stuffing um, words up. But yeah, so uh, we're back for our 92nd film. We're, We're edging very close to that big magic 100 um, so yeah, we're looking forward to raising early, that. But, oh, it's going to be very, very exciting. So only eight episodes to go and we're, we're there. have got to get so. there first though. Don't count your chickens. Correct. Good. You know, Netflix might go under or something. Who knows? And we won't be able to access the films. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Netflix is in a real, real tricky situation financially at the moment. They're, yeah, just really struggling. They are. They're, their debt's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So if the creditors come and say we want our money back, what's going to happen? Who knows? But um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into this one. And um, we start off with our fast flicks. So this is where we give our own little summary of the film. MJ, give us your fast flicks for Set It Up. Uh, it is a romantic comedy with all the tropes and cliches you would expect, but raised to another level due to the infectious charisma and mouth-watering connection of the two leads. Ooh, very juicy. It's, it's, mm. it's very, very oof, juicy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you've said there, so that that's good. Um, but I, I haven't mentioned any of those things. I've just said it, it's about two workaholics who decide to set their bosses up so they can get their own downtime. That's it. That's, that's just that's, <laughs> that's That just is the, the motivation the for what happens in the film. Yeah, good. So that's my basic plot line. Um, now we'll, we'll jump into what we can figure out about the film or what we've learned about it. So what, do, what have you got on, on this film for us, MJ? Yeah, there's probably less than, than what we might have had in other films. I think it seems like a pretty much straight up and down kind of process to getting to where it got. But uh, it was February 2016 when Katie Silberman uh, was writing the screenplay and Treehouse Pictures was producing this and MGM was actually distributing. And at that point in time, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones was slated to play the lead role. Um, would have been a very different movie with Khaleesi in that role. Well, um, she's done a couple of rom-coms herself um, in the time since, I guess. So, yeah, the Me and Before You, know you I think, wasn't it? And yeah. also the Christmas one that she the did last with Christmas, Henry Golding. Yeah. 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 I, can, I, I can see her playing a similar sort of role in that. So I, it would have worked. It definitely would have worked well. We, we saw um, that last Christmas together, I think. We remember. did with our respective <laughs> with our respective partners. Yeah, good. It wasn't just a date the two of us. That's, that's <laughs> I, uh, I didn't I didn't mind that movie. It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't bad. Um, so that was February 2016. By March 2017, it's about a year later. Uh, Zoe Deutsch had replaced Amelia Clark. Uh, Glenn Powell was also announced as the other lead, and Claire Scanlon had come on as the director. And by that point, Netflix eventually replaced MGM as a distributor. So this, this movie became a Netflix original movie before that actually started filming. Uh, and then a few months later in June, principal photography began in New York city. Uh, once Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs joined the cast. And then it was released on Netflix, uh, basically a year later in June, 2018. 
Yeah, this one did have a premiere um, in New York as well, obviously filmed in and around there. So a couple of days before Netflix, they had a, a, a cinematic premiere, which is nice to hear every now and then from some of the Netflix films that we see. Yeah, this would have been nice. Um, I would have enjoyed watching this in the cinema. Yeah, the, the director, um, was it Claire Scanlon, um, has also Scanlon, yeah. said you know, in a couple of interviews that she's open to the idea for a sequel if uh, Netflix decide they want one. So we, we could say uh, maybe these characters again or... Well, I also believe that she's she's at loggerheads with Katie Silverman, the writer. So I think Claire Scanlon, and I could get them mixed up with what they both want, but I think Claire Scanlon wants to explore Kirsten more, so the Lucy Liu character, and go into that story in a a, a sequel, whereas um, Katie Silverman, who, if she was slated to write it, wants to still sort of revolve around um glenn powell and zoe deutsch's character about i think potentially them setting someone else up or something like that so yeah um who knows where that will end that's an interesting idea too because i can see where they're both coming from as well because if you have a film led by lucy lee then you're going to get some good numbers on it but then again you know the like you mentioned in your fast flicks the 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 premise of the these two main leads uh, they work so well together so um yeah that would be very intriguing too it would be interesting, uh, and who knows? I, Netflix might not even be entertaining the idea. And plus, you know what? A lot of these, you know, Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch are slowly, slowly going on to bigger and better things, and, you know, whether they want to go back for a, a Netflix sequel, who knows? I had a Netflix percentage match for this one. It's been a while. Uh, since Me too, a, yeah, and it has been a while. You, did you get one? I did, yeah. So I'm, uh, oh, yeah, I was watching on my, my TV and my login. I'm, I'm intrigued. What did, what, did, what, was, what did you get? 85%. Oh, wow. Good, yeah. Well, I got 59, yeah. 59 so Ooh. a little bit lower. It's fairly low for uh, a percentage match. Yeah, but, uh, I'll, maybe, I'll, maybe Jesse doesn't like his love, doesn't like his romance. Nah, Netflix knows me too well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was, that was interesting that, you know, you, you don't get them very often, so um, something good to, to bring up, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I do like getting one as well. Did you know that Glenn Powell's grandmother was actually in one of the scenes in the crowd at the uh, the Yankees when they were at the Yankee Stadium? <laughs> I did. See I love that. that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> if I was an actor, yeah. If I was an actor and they needed extras for for a day or half a day, and my grandma was like, "I'd love to be in the crowd here," I'd be like, "Done." Uh, and uh, Glenn Powell strikes me as the kind of guy that would be all over that too. So I really enjoy you know, that. Your your grandma would be great value in it as well. Like I'd I'd, I'd pay money just to see her in the scene. That'd be great. <laughs> Do you know what's interesting is my grandma has been an extra in a movie, and this is just ringing bells with you now. Like probably like ten years ago, my my grandparents are both retired, and one of those things where they were filming something in Melbourne, and and they put their hand up to be an extra, and and Nan was I don't even know what the film was, but. Nana was sitting next to the lead character in like a cinema and he had to stand up and do something and she had to like act shocked next to him. Uh, so there you go. My grandma uh, has been an action. You need to find out what this film is so we can... I don't think she out. even knows. That's the <laughs> problem. Can't. I've never seen it. I'm only going off what she's told me. Uh, so we can't can't find her on IMDb or anything. That's the no. And you know what? Nan's the worst because Nan loves movies, and obviously she's retired. She watched a lot of movies now, and she can never remember the name of them. So I'm always she's like, <laughs> I watched this movie and it was great, and this happened, and this happened, but she has no idea what the movie title is. So there's no way she's going to be figuring this one out. <laughs> Need to set her up with a letterboxed account, and then we can keep track of what <laughs> no, she's watching. Mate, no, <laughs> too much. No. I try. She's got a Netflix account, and even then, she doesn't know how to watch anything that's not like on the main screen. So. Ah, ah, bummer. That's all right. That's good. Um, what about some of the consensus for this one? What, what were you able to find on um, the audience and the critics? Yeah, I think they liked it. Um, 
It's got a six and a half out of 10 on Letterboxd of 38,000 ratings. A six and a half, it's a, it's a good score, right? Um, yeah. You're not, you're not talking in any kind of Oscar category for that, but for a rom-com, it's pretty good when these can be pretty jarring. Uh, and that number is surprisingly reflective on Letterboxd as well with a 3.2 out of five of 33,000 ratings. So, our letterbox fans, our more filmy audience, as I like to call them, they're kind of all over it as well. Good, yeah. The Google users like this one as well. They had it at ninety three percent, which is Ooh, that's very very high. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes, also the critics. This one was certified fresh. Um, it had fifty nine reviews on ninety two percent. So ninety two, set it up. Very very. Very, very, very high. Um, but the audience was skewed quite lower, down on 69%. Okay. Um, yeah, and that was on about 1,200 reviews. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, bit of a bit of a difference in that. But, yeah, obviously the critics uh, loved this one. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, across the board, it, it's, you know, generally enjoyed. I, I don't think there's many people that are walking out of this film or walking, turning off this film going, well, oh, that was a waste of time. Yeah. Okay. So I think then you can give me your early thoughts on this one then before we get into the crux of the film and, and start to spoil it. So as uh, usual, if you do want to watch this film, uh, give us a pause, go watch it, come back because uh, MJ is going to give us his thoughts on, on this one. I will. Um, we've been segueing really well so far. This is, this is it's, it's gone very smoothly. Quite I like seamless. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, this whole premise in general was really, really predictable. And it kind of went in its own direction with the granular details of the story, which I did appreciate. Uh, we all knew where this was going to end, right? But I didn't <laughs> even care because I loved this movie. I was okay. so drawn to the two leads in this. I, I really like Glenn Powell in general, um, and I was excited to see him in a, in a lead role. So I was kind of already started in this film in a really good spot. And Zoe Deutsch won me over almost immediately. So from then on, I was just in the safest of hands because there wasn't really a scene that was wasted because I got to spend time with both of them. Um, I thought it was genuinely funny, particularly the first 45 minutes. I was actually laughing out loud and just having the best time watching this movie by myself. Okay. I think, I think it's a gem. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Um, this was one of the ones that I sort of predicted that I, I, I that was where you're going to be at. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Uh, it was up my alley. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed in this one. Um, I thought you were. Yeah, it, you know, I think it was recently mentioned on the Big Picture podcast um, as one of the better sort of Netflix films, and but I don't think it was that hype or that you know that gratification that disappointed me. Um, I think it more comes down to this type of film is probably not my sort of favorite uh, genre of film. I think that was more of it. I thought you know I did think the leads were excellent, and I thought the chemistry mm. on screen for them was great. I thought they held this film up really, really well. But like you mentioned, the the narrative for me was just so by the book and it was mm. just, to me, it was just plain and simple and it was just okay. Um, but yeah, I think that the performances from the main two was great, but story-wise um, didn't really draw me in probably as much as it may have for you. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and it, it's funny to, to sort of discover that sometimes the story in these things actually doesn't matter as much if, if you take and, and sorry for me, if you're taken mm. on this journey. And, and it's just, if you are writing or trying to make a rom-com, you don't necessarily, because, because people watch a rom-com to feel a certain way and to that real, it's, it's proper escapism, but it's also that somewhat grounded in reality that people can sort of just, just float away with it and enjoy it. That the story itself doesn't have to be groundbreaking. 
but mm. the chemistry, oh my God, if you get the chemistry wrong in a rom-com, you might as well not even start. So um, yeah. it's, it's a really good point that you make. Well, and like, you know, I, like I'm coming from the, like, just because I didn't enjoy it doesn't mean I can't, I can't see, you know, the good things in it, why other mm. people would enjoy it too. So yeah. um, it's not like that I absolutely hated this or anything. It's just, it's, it was an okay film for me. Like, you know, it was made well, cast were good. You know, it didn't have any of those cheap sort of um, looks that we've seen from a lot of the yeah. rom-coms on Netflix, I guess. Like this one actually felt like it could have been on at the cinema. Like it could have been one of those yeah, it did, didn't val- it? Valentine's Day movies that, you know, they released on the, yeah. in Feb for people to go see. So I thought the production values were really good. But yeah, just um, not not necessarily didn't hook me. That's, that's what yeah, I Yeah, no, I, I get it. I totally get it. All right, time for some characters. So I want you to give me your favorite character from this one, MJ, and, and fill me in on what your thoughts on them. Well, I don't, I don't have a favorite. I got a favorite too. I've made that really <laughs> clear. <laughs> um, I will, like, to be honest, we'll start with Harper, but I, I like the fact we can almost talk about, I like talking about them as a couple as well um, because I, I, I like the fact that despite Harper and Charlie were in really similar positions, they weren't in the exact same position, and that that could have been a really easy thing for them to put. Sorry, an easy place to put them. They're in this exact same position, and they got to get out of this exact same position. So Harper like had these tangible goals, and and her current role put her in a position to reach that. Whereas on the flip side, Charlie was was definitely just doing the job because he thought that's what he should have been doing. He wanted to get paid a lot of money, and he didn't have that sort of dream or goal to get anywhere from it so i do like that they they were on surface they look like they're exactly the same they're pas for these people who work crazy long hours and push push them to the limit but deep down they were completely different and i appreciated that yeah i think i think you made a really good point where it's it's hard to talk about them separately because they they did intertwine so much but yeah like you said that it's apart from being pas the the similarities are very vast um, yeah. Sorry, that doesn't make sense. There's, there's no, you know, it's very vast in their connection, I guess. Um, because for me, it, yeah, it felt like that. Um, you know, Harper, you know, her, her goal is to be this meaningful writer, and and with um, Charlie, his his goal is to be financially successful, I guess. Mm, yeah. Um, so they do have these these separate goals, and I don't know whether this this got me, but like her, they they set it up. You know, she wants to be a meaningful writer, but the one piece that she's got in her bag ready to set up is about the geriatric Olympics, like mm. for about senior citizens. To me, I was like, if if you're trying to sell it to me that this is your dream, your goal is that you want to be a successful writer, I was like, well, it was a little bit met. I was like, you need to have like I just wanted her to have a bigger bigger story or a bigger more meaningful sort of story. Um, and you know, yeah, you sort okay. of see it through. You sort of see it through her that you know she's she compared to him, she's massively. Um, you know, she's massively um, sort of prepared and, um, oh, sorry, unprepared where she doesn't have the money to pay for the boss's food. And mm. um, I sort of got these feels that she wasn't quite mature. And you see this like when her best friend Beck is like getting married and she literally says, you know, oh, we're not old enough to get married. So yeah, I think absolutely. That she, just, she just hadn't quite matured to this like to the stage that she needed to be at which was really nice for me because then it was nice to see it through the film where she starts to make her own decisions and you know realizes i don't want to be like my boss i want to be be someone else so i i did appreciate that and like that um through through her story i guess well that's kind of relatable too because we've all like uh, that 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 quote of we're not ready to get married as you said it sums her up perfectly because we've all kind of been there when our friends do something. You're like, oh shit, are we supposed to be doing that in our lives now? Is that is that what we're up to? And 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 she yeah. was so caught up in her comfort zone, and it's not necessarily a nice comfort zone because she was working her ass off, but she kind of had lost the balls to push herself. 
uh, mm. into what she wanted to do anymore. And she almost forgot how to work hard because she was so good at what she did as a PA that she was on autopilot to some extent. Uh, and we've all been there as well. There's something that we really wanted to do. And then we get to a point where we're doing a stepping stone to get there. And we just get stuck on that stepping zone because it's comfortable and we're used to it. And the next step's a little bit too scary. Um, and and that's, that's, that's a really easy thing to just sit there and watch and go, yep, been there, done that. Don't like it, but I get it. Um, yeah, and I think that that's probably why we've both probably connected with her pretty well because, you, you know, it's familiar. You can see it. Yeah, and that's it. And and you know what? She's actually like super crushable as a young man watching this. She's got that sport link, which I, don't know, I just think that's really, really great. Um, she's like a true fan, decked out in the Yankees gear. Um, but she's just, just something so lovable about her that is just so charming. And I, I spoke about the charisma that both of them had, and, and she was oozing charisma in this film, uh, and I loved it. Good. All right, so I think we should talk about Charlie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So- Charlie, for me, uh, this maybe this was where it sort of got me a little bit. I, from the get go, and I know this is these are the the cliches of of the genre, but the, the relationship he had with his girlfriend, I think, it was was it Suze? Um, Suze, yeah. It, it just yeah, it just wasn't believable, like for me at all. And like from that point where you don't believe his relationship with her, like you know, like and you know that he's going to end up with Harper at some stage. Yeah. So to me, any scenes with her and him in it, it was just like meaningless space that was being filled up. And, you know, his roommate, you know, makes a comment about, you know, she's meant to be your best friend sort of thing. And, you know, they just blatantly put in your face that he's not supposed to be with her. Um, and and I guess on top of that, like this idea that he wants to be like this corporate sort of monster, but he's like a wannabe <clears throat> and that sort of thing. Um, but but then you do see the contrast between him because he's so much more organized than Harper. Um, mm. Then Harper's got her own ability to be organized too. So, uh, yeah, I, I was a little bit lost with him um, and didn't connect with him as much as I did with Harper. I think the so yeah, I mean, I I have a little bit of a man crush on Glenn, Glenn Powell, and it's gone through the roof <laughs> after watching this. I just think he's just really charming in everything he in everything he does, and I've probably only seen him in five or six movies, and never in probably this big a role. He was in um Sandcastle that we watched uh, on Netflix, yeah. and he kicked ass in that. I loved him, but um, despite me liking him, and I know the audience is supposed to like him enough as well. He's doing a lot of things wrong, like you kind of said. And and like, let's be honest. Why do you think he's with Suze? Because she's smoking hot, and and that's yeah. that that shallow side of him. And it's it's so clear. Like he's got this shallow side of him. He's working a job just to get promoted to make more money, and he generally just has selfish motives. And that's and that's really comes to the fore when he finds out that um, that Rick is cheating on on Kirsten. And he kind of thought, well, I'm just going to let that slide because it's making my life better. Um, and it, it, it's kind of the influence from Harper that doesn't necessarily bring it out of him because you know it's always in there, um, but makes him realize that he kind of needs to make these choices in his life that aren't completely motivated by money, class, and and uh, appearance. Yeah, yeah. Appearance, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so that's well, why they work so well together. Hmm. But this is All like right. the... The Ryan Reynolds Isla Fisher connection from Definitely Maybe, which I, I've referenced Definitely Maybe probably ten times in this podcast because we get a lot of romantic comedies, and for me, that is the pinnacle of romantic comedies. I love Definitely Maybe. I can watch it. I could watch it every week if I had to. And Ryan Reynolds, obviously big movie star, Isla Fisher, pretty big movie star. These two have this palpable connection in Definitely Maybe that these guys came pretty close to, if not came on a par with, and that that connection was just everything. And I enjoyed it so much 
Good, good. I, did you want to talk about Rick and um, Kirsten? I guess I think yeah, probably for sure. The other two sort of people <clears throat> that we need to discuss. What, what what have you got? What are your thoughts on those two? Yeah, well, so Kirsten. I mean, they're also very different as well. Um, Lucy Lou is great because she has that frightening hardness to her as a boss, but she's also believable when she softens. And I think that's probably just your experience with Lucy Liu and, and we, we've sort of seen her in enough things to know that she can do both really well, that it works. Um, and and she, she she is more than just a villain. It, it's like a semi-well-rounded character for this kind of movie where you've got your two leads and that's normally it in a rom-com. But there's enough to this character of Kirsten that makes you think that she's not all that you expect her to be. And that's quietly uh, surprising but satisfying. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like she was so career driven, but deep down you could tell just she was sweet. And um, I, I probably found her more attractive than Harper, to be honest. Like to me, I was like, oh, like I found her as the the, the hot look in this film. Um, I don't know why. Maybe like a woman in like, charge, Jesse. Yeah, ESPN sports reporter and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. But I don't know. I, just, I was like, I wanted more scenes with her, to be honest. I wanted to see her more. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. Anyway, that's just, yeah. No, I get it. No, she was really good in this because that she it, it could have been the most secondary character that just didn't matter. But I think there's enough there. Now, Rick, on the other hand, I mean, I, I do appreciate the fact that he wasn't just a straight up vi- villain with no redeeming qualities. I mean, he had very, very few redeeming qualities. But there was kind of always that thought or idea that he was okay, especially when he sort of had that drunk rant. Like there was something in him that was okay. And it turned out that he was 95% villain. Yeah. But you don't, you don't necessarily think that the whole movie, and it's probably not till the end when he rocks up at the house and is like, Hey man, I need a file on my ex-wife. But you're like this guy, like they don't let you think that he's unredeemable until probably the end, which, which is probably good. But to, that's almost like his redemption as, as a, a bad character asking for that file on his wife. It's him actually showing that that desire now to to want to please her and want to know things about her. Because to me, like this, his whole character was he just couldn't get over his ex wife, no matter how hard he tried. Um, you know, the True. first the first couple of hissy fits that we see him throw stuff around the office, it's because you know his ex wife and and these types of things. So when when um, Charlie finds out that he is sort of you know seeing his ex-wife still it, it wasn't as massive surprise to me because i felt this whole time that he, it was never going to work because yeah he, he he had this connection that and obviously he still had a lot of poor traits that we see throughout the film yeah. that you know he wasn't necessarily a nice person but um i think to me that was that was probably um part of his his issue yeah and that's it but at least at least he is rounded and he did have his own story like remember watching, what was that movie? Ibiza, we watched a couple of weeks ago. And um, the main character's boss in that was just like straight up villain. Like there was nothing good about her because on paper, they didn't bother to care about her outside of those scenes. Whereas all these characters actually existed outside of what what we were seeing in the movie. And I think that's something that you need to do if you're going to write a good romantic comedy is make sure that they they actually feel real and, and, and have their own life and have their own motives and have their own desires. Regardless of whether you have to see that on the hour and 45 minutes, it doesn't matter, but you, you do you do sense it. You do notice it if it's not there. Good. All right. Um, any other characters that you wanted to discuss? No, not really. Uh, anything for you? I'm happy to talk about it, but there wasn't much more that yeah, stood I'll out. I'll probably talk about the, the friends, I guess, a little bit later on in the scenes and stuff um, yeah. rather than as characters. So, uh Claire Scanlon as a director, I, th- mm. I thought just looking at her resume, the I know there's only a couple of episodes here and there, but 
what a what a list of uh, TV that oh, yeah. she's done. Um, like The Office, The Goldbergs, Modern Family, The Good Place, Glow, another Netflix um, original, Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is another Netflix show, and also the you know the Choose Your Own Adventure, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt episode that's out this week too. So um, yeah, no, she's lots of work. Got a lot. so she's obviously, and that's what I again what I appreciate about this film is that I thought it was genuinely funny, and and here's a director who has you know, got her roots in, in comedy television. Mm. Um, and I think, it, I think it was great. It worked, it worked really well. Yeah, and, and the writer, Katie Silberman, yeah. actually has a writing credit on Booksmart and a oh, producer wow. credit on Booksmart and also writing credit on Isn't It Romantic with Rebel Wilson. So it's not a bad little dream team here. Yeah, they've yeah got some good work behind them. Um, and you, you know, you if you get build that craft up, then you know, th- then you can make a film like this where it, it, you know what you're doing and it looks like you know what you're doing. Which yeah, is, exactly. Uh, ni- nice to see sometimes when we get a lot of uh, debut directors on the Netflix originals. Yes. So scene time. I think we're ready to check out some scenes that we liked. So MJ, yeah. what are some things in this one that you liked? Jesse, I'm going to try and fly through this because <clears throat> I have a lot. I'll be honest, I have a lot. That's combination okay. of scenes, things that I liked in general and, and lines. But first things first, I thought it was a really quick, clear, quirky setup, a story about two PAs who have insane bosses. And you know this straight away. And I, I really mm. thought that was great. And that rolls into the chemistry that they had in their meet cute. I thought that was amazing uh, when they were ordering the ordering the food, as you spoke about, and, and she didn't have the money. I just loved, as I said, I loved them both immediately. Um uh, we already spoke about it, but I love the line, we're not old enough to get married, just to, to show where where Harper was at at that point. Yep. Um, I kind of, I like the idea of them setting people up and falling in love themselves. And this is, I thought this like five minutes in, because I knew that was going to happen. It's a simple, it's predictable, but it's kind of a fun enough plot. And, and I think they made it work really well with these two that I never felt bored on screen with them. So I was more than happy just to watch them keep doing their thing. Um, there's a line where <laughs> Charlie's talking about things that Rick hates and he says, he hates Jeff spelt with the letter G. Yeah. Oh, I just think that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had a bit of self-referencing talking about the meat cute about them in the elevator because they just had kind of had their own meat cute. And I kind of liked that they were self-referential there. But then that all came with uh, um, you don't know Creepy Tim. And then we get introduced to Creepy Tim. And I loved Creepy Tim. Um, I thought he was hilarious. I thought the elevator scene was excellent. Um, with the guy you, taking his clothes have you, off. <laughs> have you ever watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? No, I haven't. Well, if you like, so Titus, the, the guy who plays, um, I mean, sorry, his name, his character in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's Titus, I think. Um, he is hilarious in that show. So obviously director from that show is doing this and obviously I'm guessing got him on board. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, if you liked that little, those short little scenes you saw with him uh, as Creepy Tim, you would really enjoy him in um, Unbreakable Commission. Okay, good to know. And you know what? I, hilarious. I kind of sit there and think I wish I had had more Creepy Tim, but I wonder if more Creepy Tim would have been too much Creepy Tim. So... I'll yeah, give well, him the, the benefit of the, the doubt. The post-credit scene with yeah. him was a bit met anyway, so I think that was perfect. <laughs> um, but but I, I did like uh, Creepy Tim as well. <laughs> I liked that. Um, I, I, it was just so fun getting them to do these quirky little chores and to get their bosses to do these things because that got to the point of the film where it would normally get a bit tired and stagnant in a, in a rom-com where you feel like they're just filling that, that second act. I never got that feeling in this film. 
because the things that they were doing were always kind of fun and leading me somewhere. Even though I knew where it was leading me, I kind of liked it. Um, I enjoyed the Bikini Wax Merkin chat. Uh, you know, what's a Merkin? And then how he said, you know, I missed a time where I didn't know what that was. Uh, again, I think I just love these characters too much. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you're going to hate this. When when um, Charlie got told that he was allowed to wait in the lobby and he kind of had that little strut into the lobby, loved yeah. it. Um, and I have to say, everything that I've just said then was in the first 45 minutes. And I was honestly just laughing so much in that first 45 minutes. And then things started to get a bit more serious and the romance side came out to it. And I still liked it, but the, the humor slowed down a little bit. Um, drew you in straight away. It's good. That's, you know, so oh, yeah. the, the, the back end's not going to be as a, a bigger struggle for you because you already. No, that's it. it so. Yeah. And that, that Dire Straits scene uh, where they were playing Romeo and Juliet. I think that was the perfect song. I really just enjoyed them dancing to that song when they finally started to explore those feelings when they were dancing at the engagement party. And I love the fact that they didn't kiss. And then I'm also glad they didn't hook up when they were drunk eating that pizza. Very, very happy with that because I, I didn't want them to do that. It didn't feel like the right timing and they respected my wishes. So thank you. Good. Um, there's a line here near the end when he breaks up with Suze and he says, if my 15-year-old self could see me right now, he would punch me in the dick. And that's what we're talking about, how Charlie's just so shallow. Like the reason with Suze is because she's super hot and, you know, he's banging her because, all right, how, like this is just a great look for me. This is satisfying so many feelings. But then he got to a point where he's like, what, what the hell am I doing with this girl? She's a moron. Yep. Um, <laughs> I forgot about this one. Uh, when he's got to go to the airport, he's like, oh, oh, I've got four hours to go. <laughs> and then the next scene, he's just having that really mundane conversation. He's like, oh my God, I did the over dick around thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they brought that back. It was clever. It showed that he was now kind of on that same wavelength as Park, uh, Harper. Um, yep. And I'm just really glad they delayed their kiss until the end because I didn't want to see a movie of them being a couple for 15 minutes at the end. didn't matter. Mm. I just wanted them to finally figure out that they were right for each other and, and, and close with that. And then they brought back Creepy Tim watching them, which was a nice <laughs> finish as well. So uh, I think that's probably the most things that i've liked in a film on this podcast i just kept writing them down and and here we are it's good it's you, yeah i mean you leave make it very hard for me to come up with anything else um other than what you've said so <laughs> it's a like you know very good list of um yeah of, of scenes and i've got um some of the similar sort of ones that you've got probably maybe a little bit sort of different sort of reasons one yep. that you didn't have that I, I this was probably the one laugh that i did have in the film that really got me um sort of giggling was when um you know charlie's worked really really late at night and he rocks up at his girlfriend's place and you know pages are on the intercom and says oh you know i'll wake you up with my penis <laughs> and then, you know she's not interested and then there's this bum sitting there and he's like you can wake me up with your penis i had a good laugh at that i thought that was quite funny <laughs> good sledge yeah very yeah it was great um yeah the like i said before just as soon as i saw creepy tim on the screen I'm like, it was a bit like that one the other week where you know you see a, an actor that you recognize for other roles and you, you just straight you're in into them straight away yeah you, you like you like them um the same you mentioned this one as well the the lift scene with the delivery guy being close that was really guy. funny wasn't it just, just when he starts to piss i was like oh, i can't believe it. <laughs> it was, oh, man good. as soon as he walked in and you saw this massive guy with no neck you just knew that it was going to end well. And then when he started taking his shirt off, I'm like, please take your pants off too. Please take your pants off. Like everything. It was just, uh, it was comedy gold. 
Yeah. And I, I did like that back end of that scene you spoke about before where they end up at the apartment eating the pizza. I just thought that was really sweet. And, and just like, you know, she's like, I've got to go. And then I think um, his girlfriend starts calling mm. on the phone and just ignores it. So that was just a yep. nice little turning point visually too. Yeah. Good. good. All right. So that's uh, me with my ones that I like. What are some things? Are there any? Is there anything in this that you didn't like? <laughs> There's not much. No. Um, no. This is a nitpick right here. But they kept that that scene with the pizza. They kept talking about how it's the best pizza or the best food they've ever best <laughs> meal they've ever had. It looked like a terrible pizza. It looked like cardboard. Like it, yeah. And why didn't they invest the time into making that a real good pizza? Because they talked so romantically about it, and I was really unfulfilled when I saw it. Um, so that was a missed opportunity. Um, and it was all just a little bit too convenient when he got promoted and then she got to write the story because that, that, that was just the moment where they set them up with something that, that they're actually going to lose now. Because throughout this whole time, they kind of had nothing to lose, really. They were working these really difficult jobs. And I know they both wanted them for other reasons. But when they said, you're promoted, and I'm going to write your story. It's like, oh, this is happening too quickly. I, I kind of wish they had have been a bit less in your face about that because they just set up some stakes because they're like, shit, we've got to put the stakes in. Um, so that's the only that's the only thing I didn't like. Good. All right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot like because it wasn't a, a bad movie, but um, yeah. I, I wasn't a massive fan of any scene that Duncan was in, the, um, the gay roommate. I just didn't think he really added an awful lot apart from a couple of little, like one or two little lines. Um, yeah, just yeah, I agree with that. Massive. He didn't really work yeah. with me, but I think he is a comedian, and I okay. believe he is got a decent following. So I, I kind of feel like they put him in as like another recognizable comedy face that people who do know him would just cling to him straight away. So I can understand that because it felt like yeah. the the character wasn't really much of a character, and he probably had yeah. like ten percent too many lines that he needed. Yeah, and like you know, the the part where they have to climb the ladder to get into the the apartment, yeah. like it could have been it could have been funnier if they had just barged straight in and gone, whoa, the sort of thing. Like they're just little bits and pieces that yeah, I I, I could have seen him be more more of a yeah, give me more of a laugh, I guess. Um, yeah, the, and there are a lot of jokes in this as well that sort of were misfires for me, and that and there's the, the one that you spoke about with the Merc, and that that was a big misfire. Oh, uh-huh, was um, it? Okay, yeah. I, the the intern that gets fired by Rick oh, yeah. and he's like called him a pencil dick and then his comeback was you know pencils can be all lengths and girths like I, I was like oh, for a character that you say have one line it was like just one of those yeah that's a strong comeback though <laughs> oh, great comeback <laughs> um I thought that and then there was another joke where you know Harper says you know the first guy she slept with came out while he was inside me mm-hmm. and like you everyone the everyone knew that yeah. joke and it just wasn't funny yeah. that they had to explain it to her so that that sort of just misfired with me as well. Um, the only the kind of that, the, the, the delivery of the Glenn Powell response to that yeah. is just kind of good though the way he was just like ah, you know that's what they're supposed to do whatever he said yeah. uh, but you're right it was obvious what she meant I mean, yeah um, the only other thing that I wasn't a massive fan like I liked the seeing the Yankee Stadium I liked the, the baseball mm. scene but the kiss cam thing I was like oh come on this has like been done so many times like you know never been kissed all these films you've just you've, you've seen it happen so many times before um, but they got me. I was clapping and laughing <laughs> when they finally kissed because I was so involved. I'm like, they got, they're doing such a good job here. We got to get them to kiss. We got to. Oh, they didn't kiss. Come on, one more time. I was, I was just riding it with them. So I get what you're saying, but the yeah. emotion of the scene got the better of me, and I was all in. 
Reminds me of those the the sports games you watch where they've got like a, a, a setup in the crowd and you know they, they're the ones that they purposely put there to go back three times and then you get some over the top response at the end like that was yeah, just how I felt it didn't really sit there very well. Someone mm. dancing or doing something. Yeah, I don't so you take their shirt off or something like that. Yeah. yeah. All right, I think we're good to talk about some themes and some ideas in this one now. I think this was saying quite a little, like it had quite a few little bits and pieces. I think we can discuss. So what, what do you, what what you, you think? Because I'll be honest, the, the, the things I loved about this film weren't necessarily tied into the themes or messages of it. And I, yeah. I, I think it kind of succeeds in spite of any messaging that it, it does have, because it does have nice messaging, but it's not hmm. the reason why I like this film. So I, there's the idea of like, don't lose sight of what's important to you and being true to yourself. But what, what do you want to explore more here? Uh, I think that it has a, a big sort of say about the corporate world a little bit about work and this sort of ladder or hierarchy of where you're at in the work workforce and what's important to you, like with this work life sort of balance and, you know, why are you like, why, why do you put so much effort into a job or something that's not really fulfilling or why yeah. are you continually allowing yourself to be put down or, or, um, you know, doing the, the rotten sort of jobs that no one wants to do when, there's really no, like you can't see yourself progressing any further. Um, so I, I think they sort of like touched on that a little bit quite nicely. Um, but, and that leads into like, you know, the, the goodness of people too, because, you know, both these characters, they wanted to do well in their careers and they got, you know, they got their promotion. They got the article that they wanted to write, but mm. you know, I know it took them both different ways to do it, but they both threw this away because they wanted to do the right thing in the end. Um, so it was, it was nice to see that, you know, there, there is this goodness in these characters too. And maybe sort of saying that, you know, you, you do have that ability to, to follow your dreams as you just going to have to challenge yourself a little bit more to try something different or do something a little bit differently than that way that you're told is the way that you should be doing it in the workforce. Yeah, mm. Absolutely, um, mate. I, th- yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I like. I did like as much as Duncan and Becker as side sort of friends. I, I thought that they were nice, had nice little quibs every now and then to sort of support the two main characters um, mm. along the way. So that was nice too. And and I did like this idea. Like you know, there's this idea of love too. They they do this really well where they have these two scenes where they both discuss flaws with each other in a this frank sort of way where they're happy to say this. This is these are the bad qualities about you. And it was just nice to sort of see. It was that super through. cute, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone that you love has terrible qualities and you know those qualities better than anybody else. Um, hmm. and, and these two characters specifically would be the kind that I would be comfortable calling that stuff out too. So that's where it worked really well too. Yeah. Have you got anything else on that? No, I think I think you sort of nailed it. Just that idea of, of regardless of what you think you want, don't ever lose sight of what is actually important to you. And that, that should be your driver more than anything else. And they both kind of lost sight of that and it wasn't until they figured it out that they got back on track. Yeah, good little summary. All right, so what did you take away from this one? This is where we, yeah, tell me, what 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 are your thoughts? Yeah, well, firstly, sport in a rom-com. Maybe that could be one of the missing ingredients because I think that had a really good place in this film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I, I, I think that Netflix, to their credit, they got the rest to be right here. Um, and I'm very critical of them in the rom-com and the comedy genre in general because it should be their bread and butter, and I don't think they've really got it right in 90-odd films, but this one they did. Like, It's really light in the sense that I kind of didn't want the bad thing to happen. You know in all rom-coms when the bad thing happens and they got to they got to figure out how to get around this or win each other back or whatever it is. I kind of didn't want that to happen because I was just enjoying the ride so much, uh, and mm. when it did, 
it was still kind of just quick and painless and they didn't really dwell on it because they just had this chemistry with these characters and just yeah, made it work. Um, yeah, super, super true. That that chemistry between the two leads was just so right that when that, you know, that inevitable down that they're going to experience, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as heartbreaking. It didn't It didn't bring the tears or the, you know, the distress mm. that, that sometimes you do feel in these, you know, there was no, there was no death. There was no massive like neither of them cheated on each other or anything like that which, yeah. it, it, which gives it that nice sort of up feeling too um but yeah like to me the, the the format um sort of followed exactly the way that you expect a film like this to go um and i, I don't know about you but i always knew that that reverse was going to happen where the bosses ended up sort of setting them up at the end too um so uh, yeah there yeah so there, there wasn't really yeah, there was no like surprise factor for me with the, the conclusion which sometimes i like in a film where you get this little thing that you weren't going to predict or happen and you're like ah oh, it's something it, it's going to happen <laughs> i actually didn't see it coming but it also it didn't add much it didn't add much to me either to be honest but no yeah i can i can honestly see myself coming back to this movie from time to time as a bit of a go-to rom-com it's not it's not in the league of definitely maybe but it's probably like one tier down um this is definitely one of the better romantic comedies i've seen and uh, like you, you often mention that i do like romantic comedies i I am susceptible to them, but there's a lot that I don't like. But if you if you give me a good one, it really sticks. Yeah, sorry, I, I don't mean that you you like them. I think it's probably just no, no, but compared, I, compared to me, you like them. No, yeah, true. I just want to give this movie the credit that it's not like just because it's a, I, there's a lot that I don't like, but when you get it right, I'll, I'll be eating out of your eating out of your hands. Eating out of, anyway, yeah, I'll be that sounds be good all yeah. over it. <laughs> I usually struggle with those little um analogy yeah. so it's all good what did you say the other day about <laughs> dotting your eyes you and and ticking your t's is what you said yeah. thanks thanks for bringing that back up <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's great i re-listened to it the other day <laughs> uh, all right so time for our imdb section where we we discuss if we jumped on to check anyone out in this film um see if we recognize them from anything else mj did you jump on well i did and we've spoken about uh creepy tim who's played by titus burgess um yep. He is in Dolomite Is My Name. Um, With Eddie Murphy. Yeah, so recognize him straight away. I thought I, he, he's so recognizable that I thought I'd seen him in more, and it doesn't seem like I have, but um, yeah, he's well, got yeah, that. I, I think you need to that. check out Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. You need to watch the pilot, give it a crack. Okay. Just, yeah, it's a good show? Him. Yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's very, okay. very funny. Um, it's, okay. yeah, it's very, very good. All right. Um, yeah, I got on as well. Um, yep. I looked up uh, Zoe Deutsch just, oh, yes. um, just because she had this face that was so familiar. Um, and, you know, I thought maybe that she looked a bit like Rose Byrne almost or, and, uh, you know, there was nothing there that I recognized her from. And then I sort of looked into her, her bio a little bit further and saw that her mother was um, Lee Thompson, who plays Lorraine in Back to the Future. And oh, right. they are like dead ringers. Like that's what it, oh. that's what it was from. She looks exactly like... Um, yeah, like Mark J. Fox's mother. Yeah, the mother. Oh my god, it was great. Um, so yeah, that was yeah. She looked exactly like her. So Zoe Deutsch is great. She's in um, Everybody Wants Some, which is Richard Linklater film. So is Glenn Powell actually, and that's another reason why I love Glenn Powell because he's awesome in that movie. She's in that. She's really good. She's in Why Him, that one with Brian Cranston, okay, uh, and James Franco. Yep. Um, she's in Before I Fall. I think she's got a decent career ahead of her. Hmm. Yeah, good. In that, hopefully she doesn't get um, typecast into the same sort of role, and she gets an opportunity to give something else a crack. That'd be nice. Well, she's done a link later film, so she's all right. Good. <laughs> all right, questions. Have you got any questions for me? Yeah, I do. Um, 
how close did these two work together and why did it take them so long to actually meet? Because it seems like there's a lot of time where they were the only two in the office and they might have been doing this for a couple of years and they never Very bumped into each question. other. Very <laughs> good question. Especially if they're, you know, both expected to provide multiple meals for their bosses and running yeah. in and out all the time at, in the middle of the night, you think that uh, maybe they would have bumped into each other at some stage. Because as soon as they knew each other, it was every day, bang, bang, bang. So. <laughs> Yeah, nah, good point. Very good point. <laughs> hey, it's a rom-com. You just got to get into the feels. Get into the feels. Oh, for sure. It did. It certainly didn't affect my watching of it, but it got me questioning, and that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah, um, I, I was going to ask you. So Charlie makes a comment that no one likes work. Do you agree with him? <laughs> of course not. Because I don't. I don't. I definitely don't agree with him because I think that, you know, he's just in the wrong career, to be honest. Like, you've, you, he sure. just needs to find a career that he's got that passion about. But there's a lot of Charlies out there. There's a lot of people that... that finish school and go to uni or college or whatever it is um, and start working in the field they think they should be working in and they don't enjoy it, but they just assume that's what work is. And, hmm. you know, there's there's the whole line of if you love your job, you don't work a day in your life. Now, I, you know, I've, I've never found that job, but I've always enjoyed the jobs that I've done to, to a hmm. good enough extent that I want to keep doing them. And until I stop enjoying them, I, I'll keep doing it. And then if not, I'll find something else. But a lot of people cool. are like that though. Yeah, good answer. I liked it. I'm glad we both agreed on that. Um, yeah. The other one, I, the only other one I had for you was like, do you find it hard to discuss flaws when you love someone with that person? Because like, ah. it was they pretty easy at, for these two. It was very easy for the both of them to do that. They were at a fun point of their relationship though. They mm. were at, I agree, I'm not going to finish recording this and wander over to my wife and go, you know, by the way... You do this, this, and this, and that's all really, really shit things. But they were kind of at that point where, and and they were both also doing it off the back of that engagement speech Mm. where it was kind of a thing. And that was the thing of, by the way, this is how much I love you because I love the, I I accept the fact that you do this, this, and this. So it, it kind of had that double meaning at the time. It wasn't just saying, oh, you wear a suit to sports games, which is, come on, mate, if you don't have to, don't do it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that as much as it was um, like actually having a dig at each other and then well, being cool yeah. enough to comfortable but enough. If they're setting up their, their relationship on these things that they're saying, these are things that might come back to them later on that they're like, I remember when you said this about me. I can just just imagine these little um, little arguments or uh, not these two later on. Nah, they're, they're too these two are my dream couple. <laughs> Good. All right. Are we ready to wrap this one up? I think so. All right, good. So at the end of our um, discussion, we, we give the films that we discuss a rating out of five and then average it out for a Flicks Forum average. So MJ, what are you going to give this one? I just had so much fun watching this movie. It was light. It was funny. It had a small sports link. But most importantly, it had the charisma and chemistry from Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch that not only made me want them to end up together, it made me want to be friends with them. And that's... That's not you don't get that out of films a lot. Every now and then you want to be in the film. You know, you might want to be doing something. Like I think when I you know, when you watch Fame, for example, you want to go to that school and do that performing and, and there's certain teams that you want to be involved in, like you're watching um Friday Night Lights or something. But I, I wanted to be friends with this couple and, and that's a pretty big thing to take out of a film. Uh yeah. it is a comfortable four stars for me. Very nice. That's um yeah, it's very, very high. I like it. It's good. I, I think the, I've given a couple of fours out recently and you haven't, so it's nice to see you bumping them. Um, <laughs> We're back. Up. This We're is back. a belter. This is this is top top tier. Good. Well, um, yeah, for me, 
this one, like, like I said, the, the performances were really good. Um, and, you know, I, I think if you're in the mood for this nice feel good sort of love story where you're happy to, to know what's going to happen um, early on, but still continue through with it. I think that, you know, this is, this is good, um, a good one and it might work for you. But for me, um, that side of things probably let it down a little bit for me. So I'm giving it a two and a half out of five. Did you find it funny? It, just that one saying that was the only one thing that I found yeah, funny. Right. So, um, yeah, so that brings it to an average of a 3.25. So still fairly decent um, score, but sorry for bringing it down um, a little bit more than... Don't apologize. Um, I, I, I appreciate the fact that it wasn't for you, but you could still see what was good about it. Yeah, I'm not going to give it like a one or anything like that. It's, yeah. I think it's still a decent film. So yeah, two, two and a half out of five for me. So we're on social media. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. We're on there. Please give us um, some likes, some follows, whatever you can. Yep. Pop question up for the week, something just for us to discuss at the end. So have you ever set anyone up and how did it go? Because <laughs> I, I haven't, but I know my wife's uh, given it a crack a couple of times. Um, nothing too successful really, but <laughs> you know, sometimes you like to hear those stories where, oh yeah, you know, I was the one that got these these people together sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not a very male thing to do. I don't, I've certainly not done it myself either and i don't yeah. i often i don't think to do it either <laughs> no nah, good all right so uh we're back again next week we have another film to discuss next week and do you want to have we a do. guess what the the genre next week may be just just a, a guess out of any genre you could guess what do you reckon it might be well i i'll be honest i have no idea what we're doing next week and good. i am guessing the fact that you're asking me is probably because <laughs> it's another rom-com Correct. Very good. I'm glad that you, you, you picked up on that cue. So we do have a rom-com next week. It's a it's a French rom-com though, um, from Ooh. 2018. So it's called To Each Her Own. It's directed by Miriam Aziza and it stars Sarah Stern, Jean-Christophe Folly and Juliane Piaton. So that's what we've got next week, a French rom-com. This would be our third French film? We have Blockbuster and, and um, there was, I'm not a I'm not an easy one. man. I'm, I'm not an easy man. man. So would you, yeah. this is our third French and they're all kind of rom-coms. Yeah. So Although we haven't watched this one yet. Let's just, it might not be as rom com as they say it True. is. We'll, but yeah, we'll see how we go. So we'll have a chat about that one next week. And as we, we will. will. Thanks, thanks for joining me for another good chat, MJ. I'm glad that you oh, mate, you're welcome. this one. I have been hanging out. I watched this probably like three days ago. And I just wanted to talk about it. So thank you for Good. indulging me. No, anytime. And um, I'll see you next week. Uh, see you then, mate.